This is Polly McGee, aka Dr. Digital, and you are listening to the Digital Radio Program podcast, Business as Unusual. Are you a business that has had to pivot like so many others have from having an in real life presence, products in a shop, or maybe in a market or a farmer's market, and had to move your merchandise online? If so, you might have struggled, as many people do, with getting the product shot to look great, especially if you're really starting to feature your products or even you and your services on Instagram or Facebook, getting a photo that really captures the essence of who you are, what you do and what you sell can be quite tricky. We all know what a great photo looks like and we all know about those photos we just keep on scrolling through. So this week on the podcast, I set out to find some answers about how you take really fantastic product shots. To do so, I reached out to my good friend, Lauren Babuskas. She's a food stylist, a publisher, a photographer, a videographer. She's pretty much the triple threat to the power of three. I sent her a series of questions that she has to answer to tell us all the secret magic she does to get those shots she produces looking so incredibly beautiful. She rose to the challenge and let's hear what she had to say. Hello, and thank you so much for having me on the program. Now let's dive headfirst into these questions. So the first one is, what makes a great post for social media versus a good one? I think this is a great question and one I get asked a lot because there's just so much confusion out there. So I'm just going to go straight in and tell you what I think a great post is. I think given the current climate, a great post is anything that creates a connection with people. It um, and there's a real level of authenticity about it. It doesn't need to be a particularly good photo. It doesn't need to be a particularly well-written caption. Um, it just needs to create a emotional response from your viewers, which then makes the content, you know, much more clickable, shareable, relatable, interactable, which are all the things that contribute to having your post perform really well with the algorithm. This is especially on Instagram. And and uh, consumers are really moving away from that like very polished, very put together, kind of fake, how perfect is my life vibe. And I think because we're just so craving some realness at the moment, um, any post that really creates that sense of you're connecting with another person is what makes a great post on social media. So just being a little bit vulnerable, sharing some behind the scenes information, um, giving an insight into your life, maybe sharing your struggle a little bit. All this stuff is what really, really makes great content because it makes content that people want to interact with. So the second question is, if you're just starting out taking product shots, what kit is essential? I get asked this a lot and I've been taking product shots for gosh, like 10 years now. And at the start, it was really overwhelming because you see all these really professional kits that people have got and you're like, oh my gosh, do I really need all that? And it's very expensive. But luckily, 10 years on, um, we've got some really, really great affordable home options and I'll give you some really great tips to getting started on taking product shots that look really slick and professional. So my my first tip that I always say is when you're starting taking product shots, the easiest and cheapest way to do it is grab your brand colors, head down to Bunnings or your local paint shop, pick some swatches that match those brand colors and just buy a sample pot of that. And then at Bunnings, you can also kind of buy these like, you know, two by one meter 
plywood boards that are really thin and light to carry around and just paint that. Give it a really nice paint and let it dry. And then you've got like a surface that's a branded surface that you can take some really great shots on. So we used to do that back in the day. And then on the day of product shots, um, I'd make sure it was a really beautiful sunny day. I would just get in front of a nice big window where I got heaps of natural light. I'd go down to the florist in the morning and buy some like some flowers that I liked that kind of were on brand, matched the color really well. And then just took a whole bunch of photos that way, just with my phone. And especially now, given the quality of cameras on phones, that's really all you need to get started. And I used to do a flat lay, which is where you just take a photo from above looking down at all the products. And it's just kind of like a, a layout of what's what the product is. It's called a flat lay. And um, I just used to do all our product shots like that for a really, really long time. And that worked really well. And um, I think they look really kind of, um, they look really branded and they look really adorable. And I think there's something that's kind of like nice about them not being so slick and professional. It gives it more of like, this is a small brand, we're a family business. Um, so I don't think you really need to worry about them, you know, being absolutely perfect. And then from there, all I would do is import them into Lightroom and edit them. I think adding a few edits makes a really, really big difference to photo quality. And it gives it just that little extra touch of professionalism. And also if, you know, your lighting changes throughout the day and there's bits that you want to edit out, editing that just makes them all look very consistent and um, very uniform and very put together. And I do suggest Lightroom for that. And you can give that on your iPad and your iPhone and your any mobile device and any computer. So it's really, really great one because it's across platforms. There is a slight learning curve, but if you're going to be doing content for product shots or social media, I think it's a really, really good one to start to learn how to use. Um, and there's heaps of tutorials on it on YouTube. And you can also buy presets for it, which is just basically you upload um, a set of edits that's generally someone that you follow on Instagram or social media has created and you like their style. So you buy their presets and then you just click on them and it literally applies like all the edits that you could possibly want on a photo and just makes it all look sleek. And then if you just apply the preset to all the photos, you've got a very uniform, very on-brand, very nice looking set of photos. So that's if you want more of a kind of cutesy, rustic, um, home kind of vibe to it. And then if you want something that's like a lot more professional, a lot more put together, um, you know, if you're selling like really high end products and you want that real like product hovering in midair and perfectly lit kind of vibe, you can get the, you can get what's called like a home studio light box tent now. And you know, depending on what size you want, they can start at like $70 and they go up from there depending on the size that you want. But they're really great and they will just perfectly light a product and then you can just take the photo even with your iPhone or whatever phone you've got as long as the camera is kind of, um, you know, a more recent one and can take a really high quality photo. And that way you've got really professional shots for like less than $100 and they work really, really well. And they generally pack down really small so they're easy to take around if you take product shots on the go. So that would be my essential kit um, for taking product shots, especially when you're getting started out and if you're wanting to do it on the cheap. Oh, 
that just reminded me. Another really great option if you can't be bothered doing the paint and the Bunnings trip and the, and the you know, mucking around with getting paint all over the place, you can also jump on Etsy and they have some really, really amazing um, boards that you can shoot on. So because I'm a food stylist, I spend a lot of time sourcing these products and I shoot on these boards and I buy, I used to make them all and now I buy them all from Etsy and I just search, um, you know, there's a, I'm in Melbourne. So there's a particular artist in Melbourne who I like her boards. So I just type in like Melbourne food styling boards and a whole bunch of them come up. Um, but you can have a look around. There's some really amazing work on there, heaps of different dimensions. A lot of them are two-sided, so you're getting more bang for your buck. And they just get shipped straight to you, and that's a really, really great option as well. Okay, so the next question is, what role does lighting play, natural or artificial? So I think this just really comes down to personal preference at the end of the day. I'm a huge fan of natural lighting um, because probably because to be honest, I'm a bit lazy and I can't be bothered setting up the studio lights every time I want to take a shoot. So I just love natural lighting. I think it gives a much nicer result. Um, It's definitely on brand with the brands that I've worked with to work in that real natural light with a few shadows. And um, it's just, it's just really what I prefer. It's more my style. But then again, some people really prefer that really artificially looked, that really artificially lit look, you know, where there's like no shadows and the product's completely illuminated from every inch of it and every corner of it. So that just comes down to personal preference. If you're getting started out, I would say always start with natural lighting because it's cheaper because it's free essentially. And it's, it's easier to, it's easier to work with. Working with lights and, um, studio lights is actually, there's quite a, there's quite an art to it. Having said that, if you really want to get into it, there's heaps of great YouTube tutorials again. Um, and you can buy some really cheap lights now on um, eBay. Um, that's where we get all our lights from now. So yeah, it just really is a personal preference and what you feel most comfortable working with and what's going to work best for your brand. So the next question is, is the tile layout and consistency for Instagram as important as it used to be? This is a wonderful question and I love answering this one. So basically, consistency in terms of posting, how often you post is still just as important. Um, if you post regularly and around the same time and, you know, the same amount of posts, that definitely feeds well into the well into the algorithm. And I like to say you need to have some sort of consistency of brand, how the posts look, what the style of the posts are, what kind of content you're sharing, because when it shows up on people's feeds, you just want it to know, you just want people to know that it's you without having to do too much deep dive into who is sharing this information. Because if you're going to go to the effort to create the content, post the content, reply to the content, I mean, you want to get the kudos for that. You want to, you want customers to know or your followers to know that it's you doing that. So I think there needs to be some level of consistency in branding. It doesn't need to be very slick. Just, you know, if you post the same kind of posts, if you post at the same kind of time, the same kind of content or, you know, um, a, a collection of you know a few different categories of content so people just kind of get used to what you're posting and they know it's you when it shows up now 
when it comes to the consistency of the grid and how the grid looks, this is not really, a th- you know, it's still semi-important, but it's not really anywhere near as important as it used to be. We used to love these like super polished, put together grids. And I think that worked really well for a time. And now people, like I said earlier, we're just craving something more real, like something that's more authentic and connects with us better than just this polished, how perfect is my life? I don't have any problems kind of vibe. So people are, there has definitely been a, um, a move away. There's been a move away from that kind of put together look. And the trend definitely seems to be going in a more of just a content that seems real and, um, instant and not so put together and just kind of off the cuff, um, content and videos and photos and not super edited. So luckily, especially if you're just starting out, this really works in your favor because it's a lot less work to do that polished vibe. Um, So it's just really about putting content up there that you feel is authentic and connects with people. And you don't really need to worry about the lighting and the setup and if the video is edited right and if the title looks nice and if the captions are perfectly laid out. So it is moving away from that. And I think it's definitely going to move away from that more, especially just given the time and people just feel so isolated and so disconnected from each other and we're craving so much connection that the more real and just honest and, um, you know, like real life your feed looks, I think the more people will connect with it and interact with it. So I think that consistency of the grid is just, it's really, it's really not what it used to be. The only consistency, the only thing that I think is really important to consistently put on your grid is photos of yourself. But that we'll get into that in the next question because Polly knows that I'm a huge fan of the face on on the Instagram. So the next question is, which is a great question, people or product, what connects us more and why are faces so compelling? So this is a great question. And look, product shots and beautifully done product shots are great. They're nice to look at. Beautiful things are always nice to look at, but they so rarely evoke an emotional response from us. Whereas faces, because they are like the universal human language, like facial expressions, they just allow people to connect with each other so quickly. I mean, we we can see a whole myriad of people's feelings and emotions and what they're going through just on their face without even communicating with them. So it creates that that connection and it can often create an emotional response within the viewer, which then again makes your content, you know, more clickable, rememberable, shareable, um, regrammable, savable. Um, so, and all this stuff is exactly what you need to be, you know, performing really well in the algorithm. The more interactions you get with your posts, the better, you know, the, the more your post will be pushed up in the feed, which is exactly what you want. So faces are just, they're, they're the, I think they're the cornerstone of having a good feed. And I know a lot of people who have brands that aren't necessarily personal brands, but, you know, they might be product brands and they're like, well, what does my face have anything to do with um, my product? Well, 
I mean, brands, every brand has a person behind them and people love to know the stories of, you know, the the people behind the brand. I mean, there's been plenty of times that I have bought products when there's been 6,000 other options, but I bought that particular brand because I knew the story behind the brand and I connected with it and I remembered it and I liked it. So if you're if you sell products, I would urge you to, you know, share a little bit behind the scene and share about the people who work on the brand and, you know, how the brand got started. So, you know, sharing the faces of the people that when you purchase from this brand, who that impacts and you can connect with people like that. So I think faces always win out over product shots. Um, But if you're really, really camera shy, I completely understand that. So you don't have to use your face. You can grab the faces of, you know, encourage your customers to share the products that they purchase of you with a photo of them. And then you can share. And then that's that really great, like user generated content. That's a lot less content you have to produce and then get them. And then you share that content on your Instagram and then or on your Facebook or in your newsletters. And then, you know, people can connect with that and they can see the difference that your product is making in other people's lives. So the rule of thumb is, and unfortunately because our bios are getting so much longer and now we have the story highlights at the top. And really when you jump onto someone's Instagram, you can only see the first three posts that they post. So the rule of thumb used to be, why I used to say it used to be, you put a photo of yourself or a human at least every six photos. So at least they can see a human in that kind of first top section of your grid. Now, if you can, and I know this is going to be very confronting for a lot of people, um, you can stick to the six, but if you're up for the challenge, try and do it every third post. So at least there's a face in those first three squares that you can see when you land on someone's Instagram profile. And it makes such a big difference. I mean, I always say advice is great. I mean, you could read a hundred different books on how to market and use Instagram, but at the end of the day, start keeping an eye on your metrics and you know, how my, how the kind of interactions that you get on different types of posts, how many likes you get, how many comments you get, you know, how many DMs do you get after you post certain things and keep an eye out on that stuff. And I think that you will notice that the photos that have the faces in them are always the photos that outperform by a milestone. I think on my Instagram, I've just been playing around with some different posts and the photos of my my face, which I hate posting, you know, outperform like four to one compared to the other posts. So they're really great for engagement. And I think it's just that, as I've said a million times before, you know, we're so craving connecting with people and we're so disconnected from each other that it's so nice to see people's faces. I mean, our brains are hardwired to, you know, see, you know, emotions in other people's faces. So it makes sense that we connect with these posts a lot more and not because of any Instagram algorithm. I think that's just the human algorithm at the end of the day, you know, us wanting to, you know, know each other and understand each other and be part of each other's lives. So the more that you can let your customers in or your followers into your life and share parts of yourself, um, especially through, you know, sharing photos of your face or the faces of the people that your company works with or sells to or the faces behind the brand, the people that work behind the scenes, 
you know, the more engagement you'll get and the more people will connect with your brand. And then, you know, next time they're thinking about purchasing whatever it is you sell, alcohol, coffee, chocolate, books, they'll, you know, and they're looking for a gift, they'll be like, oh, remember that brand that has that incredible story about how they got started 10 years ago. You know, it creates, people love stories. It's how we connect. It's how we remember things. It's one of our oldest ways of sharing information. So people love a good story and it really sticks with them. So, you know, it's a really great, not only is it just a really great thing to do because I think we need some more authenticity and more connection in our world, but gosh, it's also a really great marketing tool. So it really is, you know, kill two birds with one stone with that one. So I would always say, and I say this to Polly all the time, faces, faces over product. And also your Instagram as much as it's an amazing selling tool, I like to not think of it as the selling tool. It's the kind of like that. It's the meet and greet before you sell. It's like the handshake. It's the getting to know people. You know, when people buy off you, that has to go through a process of know, like, trust, and then sell. So if you use your Instagram as mainly to get people to know, like, and trust you, and then a little bit of selling because the selling's the last step. That's a whole, you know, a whole opens the door to a whole different bunch of content because every post shouldn't be about selling something or your product. You know, people need to first know who you are, like you and connect with you, trust that you're, you know, a good person and that you make good products and, you know, when they spend their hard-earned cash that they're going to get something, you know, sent to them in the mail or, you know, digitally. So, you know, if you think of it like that, you've actually got, you know, a lot of work to do before you do the selling. So I feel like your websites and stuff are left for selling. Your Instagram is just to build that no like trust factor. So that's, you know, and that's why sharing your face and your behind the scenes and being a little bit vulnerable and company stories really builds that no like and trust for sure. So if you take that approach to your feed, it actually creates a whole different, it creates a whole kind of um, it creates a need for a lot a, a different content than just the content where you're just showing your products and what you sell. So I always say, if in doubt, put a photo of a face up. It always works. And it, if, if at worst, and you have a really crappy caption and it's a really crappy photo, you've, you've probably, someone will remember that and there'll be a connection made at a minimum. So um, they're all my uh, there are all my five questions answered. Um, I hope that was helpful. If you have any follow-up questions, please feel free to get in contact um, with me. I'll give my email address to Polly and she can put it in the show notes for you. Um, yeah, and I really hope that this helps you guys, you know, with your social strategies and some tips moving forward. More than happy to go into a deep dive on any of those topics if any of you are interested. Um, have a wonderful week and I can't wait to see your faces popping up on social media. And, um, it's been an absolute pleasure sharing this information with you. See you. Bye. Lauren Babuskas, what a legend and so many really great tips in there. I love the idea of being able to get brand coloured sample pots and just painting some flat pieces of wood. What a cheap and easy way to make a great little space to take photos. 
I hope that's filled your brain full of amazing ideas. For more information, of course, head to the Digital Ready Program website, digitalready.tas.gov.au. We've got some great blogs there and the fact sheets on how to get your product photography looking great and everything else you need to be active and engaged with the digital world. I'm Dr. Digital. It's been my great pleasure to be with you on this podcast and thanks so much for your support of the program. This is Business as Unusual. See you next episode. The Digital Ready for Business program provides Tasmanian small businesses with access to targeted knowledge, advice and assistance to improve their online presence and skills so that they can seize the opportunities presented by digital technology. For more information or to book a free online session with a Digital Ready coach, head to digitalready.tas.gov.au or check out the Digital Ready Tasmania Facebook page. Thank you.